Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today, we are pleased to welcome evangelist Jonathan Suber. With today's sermon entitled The Omega Zone, we will dive into the books of Philippians, Isaiah, and Revelations. And now, here is our guest speaker, evangelist Jonathan Suber. Is there anybody here that, that has been, any of you go back maybe in what we used to call the old church? Any of you just go back to the old church? Do you remember when you were coming to New Year's, you had to have something that rhymed in order for it to be prophetic? You remember that kind of like open heaven in 07? <laughs> we're going to align in 09. <laughs> going to do it again in 10. Hallelujah. But... <laughs> I don't have anything that rhymes today, but I just feel like God's about to do something very special at Christian Life Church. And you ought to clap your hands and give God praise all over this auditorium. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just glad to be home. You can be seated for a moment. Um, anybody got your stretchy pants on? <laughs> You're laughing, but it's amazing after Christmas how that all I want to wear is my sweats. And it has nothing to do with staying warm. It has to do with my belt don't fit anymore. Uh, but we've had a wonderful Christmas, and it's just a joy. Pastor said I could just relax, and I am going to relax. And somebody said, I, I read this last night, said people are so worried about what they eat between Christmas and the new year, but the, what they really should be worried about is what they eat between the new year and Christmas. <laughs> well, I need a drummer to go. Somebody else said many people look forward to the new year. For a new start on old habits. Oh, he told some cheesy stuff Wednesday, Thursday night. Why can't I tell something? Then uh, someone else I, I was reading it said a New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. You laughed on that one, amen. Um, I, pastor asked me to be here, and I, I realize that we're in this this in between season in between Christmas and the new year and all of that. But I honestly feel like there's where many of us are in the spirit that we have left where we were, but we have a promise that something greater is coming. Uh, Is there anybody here that you're still sick in your body, but in your spirit, the Holy Spirit's been telling you you're on the brink of a miracle? Is there anyone here that, that you're broke, honestly, you're broke, but everything in you is screaming, Jehovah Jireh, my God will provide. There is just that something happening in there. I, I just wish you'd look over and, and touch somebody and say, I don't know about you, but I'm about to step into my next. I'm about to step into something. I understand that just because it's a new year doesn't mean that it's a new you. And I, I, I didn't come to preach a self-help sermon because everybody, oh, it's a new year. It means it's a new season. No, it doesn't. You can be fat in the old year. You can be fat in the new year. You can be miserable in the old year. You can be miserable in the new year. But my Bible said if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things are passed away. You ought to turn around and wave goodbye because if you're in Christ, it's over, it's finished, and we're going forward into the next. Uh, As I've been praying and preparing, and we'll turn to the word for a moment, but in just thinking about the next and thinking about a new season and thinking about a spirit shift. One thing I heard this year that I wrote down, I think I heard it in February, but it applies more now than the entire rest of the year. It said the greatest hindrance to your next is your now. 
The greatest hindrance to your next is your now. You're only one risk, one change, one idea, or one move from changing your entire life. But if you're complacent in your now, it's called the enemy called average. And is there anybody here that says, I have complained about my now long enough. And I've been miserable in my now long enough. I am one risk, one change, one move. This is something else that I think is very interesting. Doing the right thing will take you to the next level. But you have to leave where you are in order to get where you're going. Doing the right thing will take you to the next level, but you have to leave where you are in order to get where you're going. It's amazing to me. People are always wanting direction. They come up, and especially if you have prophetic ministry or the gifts are moving, and people get that funny look in their eye because they want a word from the Lord. I don't know why people think the supernatural is weird. I don't know why people think the prophetic has to be pathetic because it doesn't. It's, it's just natural. It's just a flow. And they're like, I need a word from the Lord. I need direction. And here's my word. Have you got the last place God pointed? Have you survived and have you done and have you endured and have you prayed through and have you obeyed the last thing? Because you might not need a supernatural word. You might just need to align yourself to the word of God and begin able to see what God, oh, somebody help me here. So, so if I understand that I have to leave where I am, what I'm going to talk about today is then my failures become my fuel for my future. So is there anybody here that's got a lot of fuel in your life? Nod at me right now. Is there anybody here that says, I've got a lot of fuel. If my failure can be fuel for my future, I'm getting ready to launch into my next, and my failures can become the fuel for my future. So let's jump into the Word. Go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. I'm going to read from the New King James Version just so you'll think I'm saved. And then I'm going to quote from the message version. And there's some people like, well, you know the message version. You know that that's a translation and that's not really, or that's an interpretation. It's not really a translation. I'm like, yeah, I know that, but I still like it. And here's what Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing. Say, I'm confident. That he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Say, God started it, and God's going to finish it. But then here's what Eugene Patterson said in the message. He said, there's never been a slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. I wish you would just take your finger and point at yourself and say, God is not finished with me yet. If you're still breathing, God has a plan for you and he is repositioning you for prophetic activation. Everything that you have lived through up to now has been to strategically position you for this next season in your life. Does that make sense to anybody? Here's what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 46 and verse 10, and some of you can quote it. And I love the sound men, the media, they're helping me. This is the NIV. You're like, why do you use this different versions? Because I like different versions better. They say things in a certain way maybe you can understand. In verse 9, remember the former things of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is to come. 
I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. I love that. I make known the end from the beginning. Say the end from the beginning. Revelation 1 and 8, God actually speaks as Jesus, red letter in the book of Revelation, and said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Isn't it wonderful to know that God has positioned himself at the very end of everything that will exist so he can look back and see where you are and pull you to him. But I feel like I failed but preacher I've gone through a divorce I've been broken hearted I've been bankrupt I've been incarcerated I've been afflicted I have cancer I have brokenness I have despair yes he knows that but his grace is a magnet and he is standing at the end and his grace is sufficient for you and he is pulling us toward the finish because he is pulling us across the finish line you ought to clap your hands and give God praise hallelujah so say, say, just say it with me. I have a next. And you have to believe that. And there's a few principles that this year I've just been working out in my spirit. And I'm going to get into them and just jump into the meat of the word. But there's a few principles. And sometimes when you're a preacher, you have to preach what you've lived more than what you've said. Because at times, and pastor is an example to all of us. Because when you read his books and when you get around him and you hear him preach. And you realize the tragedy that he has turned into triumph. And how that he has turned what have, would have destroyed many other men. In order to raise his hands and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's an example that makes somebody just want to get up and say, it's not over. God is for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? That ought to get somebody excited up in here that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can even ask or think so these are lessons that I've learned the hard way number one the greater the attack the greater the anointing ask Joseph and Mary right after the wise men worship and then tell them that Herod's been asking questions because sometimes the aftermath of Christmas, when you read the Christmas story, they weren't on our Gregorian calendar. They weren't going into a new year. They had to take their promise and run into Egypt. Because sometimes the aftermath of something being born in you is the enemy begins to attack it in its embryonic stages. When you're first starting a church, when you're first starting a business, when you first get married, when your children are first born, the greater the attack, you need to understand the greater the anointing. So who am I talking to today that says I've never felt that I was under this level of attack. You ought to jump up right now raise your hands to heaven and say I received this fresh anointing. I received this fresh touch. Hallelujah. Still a healing in here. Number two, the bigger the giant, the bigger the destiny. Ask David. Goliath simply represented the size of the door. That the enemy was trying to hide. So the size of your enemy determines the size of the door that God has already opened and prepared for you. So you, hallelujah, somebody ought to get excited about that. The size of your giant determines the size of your destiny. Number three, pain. Say pain. Is always the process of prophetic release. There will be no birth unless there is travail. Where's my mamas out there? 
How many of you even remember the pain when you held that baby in your arms? Because the product was worth the pain. I wish, I, I really feel that I come today to preach to somebody that says, Preacher, I am living in the in-between. Because I feel that God has birthed something in me. He has birthed the healing, a ministry, an anointing, an encouragement, a joy, a peace, a love. There is something in me that God has birthed, but I'm not yet holding it in my arms because I feel like all hell has come against me and I feel like I'm fighting for my life, but everything in me says it's about to get better. Everything in me is decreeing that even though weeping may endure for a night, joy comes. Somebody ought to get happy here. So, look at somebody and say, so. So if that's true, maybe we ought to just turn this into a Louisiana. I know pastor was in Louisiana. I was in Louisiana 17 years. When I say Louisiana, I talk like this. And I say, Nolens. And I ate community coffee. I didn't say I drink it. I eat it. Because it's solid. I went over to a guy's house one night. He said, preacher, do you drink coffee? I said, yeah. He said, no, do you drink real coffee? I said, I don't know. He took out a pair of real lady pantyhose out of the package. New, but pantyhose. Cut the toes out of them. Put it in one of those little metal things. Put it inside the coffee maker. Used it as his filter. Put about that much of what they call 8 o'clock Cajun coffee. Put it inside the toe of a woman's stocking and begin to pour the drip water through it. When it come out, you could cut it like chocolate cake. So what I want to do is I want to turn this into Louisiana for about three minutes. And I want to have an old-fashioned Louisiana wake. What would happen today if you would begin to eulogize would have been, could have been, and should have been? What would happen before I preach anything else if you would just finish some stuff and put it under your feet and say, I'm tired of saying, well, if this should have happened, if that would have happened, well, that could have happened. If I would have married him, well, you didn't. If they would have given me that job, they didn't. If I hadn't quit, you did. If he liked me, he don't. So why don't you just go ahead and make up in your mind, I'm about to finish some things today because I'm getting ready to go to a new level but I can't carry uh, I can't carry my past with me. I'm getting ready to go into my next. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. This is what I wrote down today. It's not about how you start, but it's about how you finish that counts. So is anybody going into next Sunday, going into a new year season, that you refuse today to hold on to the hurt and the baggage and the pain that you have put up with in 2015? Or is there somebody that says, if he is the alpha and the omega, that means that he is the beginning and the ending. And I thank God for my alpha. I thank God for for my baptism. I thank God for when I got saved. I thank God for 20 years ago. But I'm about to step into my omega. I feel an omega anointing coming upon my life that God's getting ready to wrap up everything he has said. He has said that I'm going to be blessed and my blessings are coming. He said that I'm healed and my healing is coming. He said that I'm going to have joy and I feel my joy coming. Am I preaching to anybody that feels that way today? That I'm leaving my past and I'm stepping into my next or what I like to call it the omega zone I'm about to step into my omega 
zone. So tell somebody, I'm stepping into my omega zone. Here's what you have to understand. Number one, everybody has a then. Here's what Hebrew said. Rahab was a harlot. It didn't say she's the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. It says that she was a harlot. Why are we so afraid to talk about our past? Why are we so afraid to talk about our then? Because these are they that overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word. Oh, somebody ought to wave at me right now. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Am I preaching to anybody that says, I had an alpha experience. I was a drunk. I was a liar. I was sick. I I was crazy. I was a sinner. But look what the Lord, you ought to jump up right now and say, look what the Lord... I had a then, I had a then, but I refused to live in my then. Anybody here ever had an amazing blessing from God? A mind-boggling blessing from the Lord that made you want to do the chicken dance, huckabuck, Holy Ghost. I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but I got some old church people. That's when it makes you want to go. You just can't, mm, hallelujah. Or if you're a woman, it makes you want to go, mm, I never did understand it. Mm, Glory to God. But it's a blessing. But am I preaching to anybody that says I'm grateful for that, but I can't live in my past any longer? It's a new season, and God is up to something new, and I've got to eulogize the woulda, coulda, shoulda, and I'm stepping into my future. So here we go. If you've been redeemed, so we got to understand this. i got to slow down just a minute. got five minutes. It's going to be all right. These are they. That overcame, say overcame, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So are you ready? If you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, you may have a memory, but you don't have a past. If you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, just because you can remember it doesn't mean that God does. No, somebody needs to grab that right now. Just because you remember it doesn't mean that God remembers it. And the only way the enemy can remember it is when you open your mouth and tell it. So why don't you stop talking about the bad things and just say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall come. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, overcome by the word of our mouth. So if I don't have a, a past even though I have a memory, then it leads me to the revelation that if my failure wasn't fatal, because remember I talked about that fuel for your future. If my failure wasn't fatal, then my failure has been equated into my future. No, stay with me. It's appointed unto man first or once to die and then the judgment. If you're not dead yet, God hasn't judged you. So if you lived past that mess, that sin, that tragedy, that mistake, and you're still breathing, then God is not judging you on that mistake because if he was going to judge that failure, you would have died and then the judgment. Somebody jump up and say, I'm still breathing. (laughs) Ah, I'm still... I'm still... He could have judged me. 
He could have took me out. That car wreck could have took me. That cancer could have took me. But I'm still here. And if I'm still here, it's not just to occupy. So what that means is, is in this life, there is no rewind. Only redemption. (laughs) In this life, there's no rewind. You can't do it over, but his blood can redeem you. So just because you fall doesn't mean you have failed. And if you fall, fall forward. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, because when I fall, everybody going to do it. When I fall, I shall arise. Somebody say, I'm stepping into my omega zone. When I fall, I shall arise. I call it the theology of the bottom. Say that with me. The theology of the bottom or the upside of down, which means the depth of your despair. The depth of your failure is a prophetic indicator of the height the hand of God wants to. (laughs) The depth of your dungeon determines the height of the destiny that God has ordained over you. Because remember, the greater the attack, the greater the anointing. So I'm trying to preach to somebody that the enemy's telling you, you're going into 16 as a failure. You need to say, no, I'm leaving my alpha and I'm stepping into the omega. And the omega anointing is about to pull me out of my failure, pull me out of my fear, pull me out of my unbelief, and pull me into my destiny now uh, holy ghost help me here the the life of joseph is an allegory unto how god can turn the depth of your despair into a launching pad for your destiny the life of joseph is an allegory how god can turn the depth of your despair into a launching pad for your future are you ready Let's talk about the theology of the bottom. Joseph is rejected by his brethren. They throw him into a pit. Don't cry about the pit. The pit was deep enough to catapult him to Potiphar's house. Because it's only through Potiphar that situations are going to position themselves where he can be thrown into the dungeon in order to meet the butler and the baker. Tell somebody, I'm not living through trouble. I'm just living through transition. I'm not living through trouble. If you look at it today, it's negative, but I'm being repositioned. So the depth of the pit got him to Potiphar. Everything's wonderful in Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar's wife goes wild. Housewives going wild. Then he gets in trouble. He gets thrown in the dungeon. Oh, the Super, I don't understand. Because the pit was only deep enough to get him to Egypt. In order to get him to the palace... He's got to go further down. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, because when I fall, I shall arise. So who am I preaching to this year that says, I have thought the enemy was winning, but instead of the enemy winning, God has allowed me to be repositioned for prophetic activation that it's just a signal of how high the... Ah, somebody got to hear me right now. That the hand of God is about to reach down... 
and pick me up again. Would you clap your hands and give God a crazy praise? So, musicians are coming. So how do I reposition myself and how do I get ready to go into my next or go into my omega and how to finish this? I don't have time today to do a Bible study. Go home and study the life of Joseph. One thing about Joseph that blows my mind is when he has been not restored what he lost because he didn't lose anything but a coat. How long are you going to mourn what was taken from you? Because there comes a point that you got to quit mourning what was taken from you and learn how to prophesy when nobody's looking. And Joseph's in prison operating in his destiny when nobody even knows who he is. Because favor ain't fair. <laughs> so while he's prophesying in prison, he prophesies to the baker and the butler. Finally, Pharaoh has a dream. He's elevated, becomes second to the kingdom, marries this beautiful girl, has a child, and names that child Manasseh. Which means God hath made me or caused me to forget. God has caused me. Oh, somebody just cried it right there. See, the angels are rejoicing. Hallelujah. God has caused me to forget. Then he has a second son. What did he call him? Ephraim, which means what? Fruitful. Double portion. Fruitfulness. So here's the principle. You ready to go into your next? You ready to go into your omega zone? Are you understanding that your failure are fuel for your future? So here we go. Is this possible? Is this possible that there's a principle that you have to forget before you can be fruitful? What I feel we need to do this morning is have a Manasseh moment. A Manasseh moment to where God allows you to forget, not just forgive, but he releases the emotion, the hurt, the bitterness, the fatigue, the betrayal from your past and allows you to have a supernatural encounter that when his brethren that rejected him showed up asking him for food, he said, hey, guess what? God did this. What you meant for evil, God turned around for my good. And listen, and sent me ahead of you so that I could take care of you when you got in trouble. You don't say that unless you have had a supernatural encounter that you have completely disconnected from woulda, coulda, and shoulda. And that you have completely allowed the past to be taken off of you. And then you can enter into your Ephraim anointing or what I'm calling today your Omega Zone. Stand with me right now. I feel your presence, holy God. I feel your presence, holy God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. That's just how I feel today. And as we come and 
I want you to stand with me and just close your eyes and raise those hands. I know there are many here. You have everything you need. But if you're here today and you say, Preacher, in this few moments of just simple thought, I don't have a lot, but I've got a pit. I've got a dungeon. I've got mess. I've got, I've got, a, I've got failure. And you're telling me that my failure can become fuel because God is not judging me on my past. If he was going to judge me, I would be dead already. And I'm still here. So he loves me. He's forgiven me. He's enabling me. He's empowering me. But I need today the supernatural. What you can't do, preacher. Jonathan Super can't do what you need. But you need the Holy Spirit to supernaturally transition you from your then to your next. From your yesterday to your tomorrow. If that's you, every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand. One hand up right now. One hand up if you're ready to go to your next. One hand up. One hand up. Thank you. Every eye closed. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do because we're going to pray for you. If, you. if you don't mind, if it's your custom, I don't normally do this every service, but I, I, I think we have time. If you just step out where you are and we're going to come, listen, we're going to come, not, not, in, not really an old-fashioned altar call where you're coming to repent, but as a signal that I'm leaving this and I'm going into my next. Not only my now, I'm leaving my now and I'm entering into my next. If that's you, I want you just to step right now. Here they come, here they come. From the balcony all over this building. If your hand was raised. Now what that means is there's people coming. This may be your first time to be in an atmosphere where you're about to repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart. There are others that this is your Sunday where the Holy Spirit is here to baptize you with fire and to allow you to have a spirit encounter. They're coming from the balcony. Come on, come on, come on. Healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. We're turning our troubles into a transition. We're turning our troubles into a transition. Keep coming. Thank you. We're turning our troubles. Now, if, if you're not coming, but you have a heart and you say, this is a word from the Lord, I want you to stretch forth your hands and begin to pray for these that are standing. Raise both hands right now. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. And for more information from Evangelist Subar, please visit thesubars.tv. Thank you for listening.